Well, good morning. I'm here uh, filling in for Pastor John and uh, for Bill as well, but I, I don't really play anything like that guitar, like as he can play the guitar so well. So we had tracks today. Uh, today I want to talk to us a little bit about it is the 4th of July. And uh, of course we know that over 200 years ago um, the Declaration of Independence was signed. But that's not all that happened. There was a process besides signing the Declaration, many processes that brought this country to where it is today. Um, at that time, from the spiritual standpoint, there were many people in the world who were looking for freedom. But they weren't just looking for natural freedom, they were looking for a spiritual freedom. Well, fast forward uh, 200 plus years later, and we're kind of back in the same boat. We really, uh, in this country, people are not experiencing the kind of freedom that was the original intent, even when the people came to this country. Why? Well, because honestly, they've used, people in this country have used their freedom as, an, as a reason to sin. And so their idea of freedom became just do whatever you want. Well, today I want to talk about our spiritual freedom and just four steps, four simple steps in a process that you're going to hear me say over and over again that will bring spiritual freedom in our lives. And, you know, first of all, let me just start by defining what that freedom is. What is spiritual freedom? Freedom is not... Let's say what it's not. Freedom is not you can do whatever you want whenever you want to. Some people think that. You look at our uh, Hollywood stars and even our sports entertainment stars today, they have the freedom to completely, what, you might, what the world calls freedom, do whatever they want. They claim to have it all. They've got fame, fortune, money, and yet you find some of them in desperate areas of mental health issues and depression and even suicide. People that have it all in the past couple of years, you know, designers and things like that, have committed suicide. And they weren't going broke. They weren't wondering where their next meal was coming from. But there was something, there was a kind of freedom that they weren't experiencing that caused them to be desperate. So for the purpose of, of today, I want to just, this is kind of just a little definition of freedom in God that we want to look at and we want to define freedom this way. Freedom in God is when we walk in our full potential and giftings and are making an eternal difference in the lives of those around us. In fact, it doesn't even have to be the whole world. You don't have to be a Billy Graham, but you need to make an eternal difference in somebody's lives. When you are walking in freedom outside of yourself and you're making a difference in people's lives around you, that's the God's kind of, you're free to be what God made you to be. So, um, you know, I've heard two or three different testimonies from different people who didn't know each other. And uh, they, they said, God, God kind of told them the same thing. They said, this is what they said. I was praying, something like this. I was praying because I was just so miserable. 
And I asked God, God, help me. Why am I so miserable? And they prayed and they sought God. What's wrong? I need to fix this in my life. And I need to fix that in my life. And what's wrong? I'm miserable. And you know what the Lord's answer to them was? In one form or another? The reason why you're so miserable is because you're so selfish and you're so self-centered. <laughs> and so, and their answer from the Lord, maybe not what they, they wanted to hear answer to a bunch of problems, but the Lord said, the answer to your freedom issue is you need to live outside of yourself. I didn't make you to live for yourself. I didn't make you to live self-centered. I made you to live free, serving others. So the four steps, I've got four steps here that we want to talk about in this Finding Freedom. And number one is to know God. I'm going to say these over and over again so they kind of drilled them. So I apologize if I seem too repetitive. Number two, find freedom. Know God, find freedom. You need to know God. Of course, you need to know him to get born again, but you need to know him intimately. And number two, find freedom. Deal with your yesterdays. Deal with your issues of the day. That, that holds you back from doing what God has made and created you to be and to do. And then the next step in finding freedom is to discover your purpose. God made every single individual with a purpose that is beyond themselves. That's why those Hollywood stars are so miserable, because their purpose is only themselves. And then the fourth one is to make a difference. You'll never be free until you're making an eternal difference in the life, in the life or lives of someone else. Even, and like I said, it, you don't have to be Billy Graham and preach to a million people. It could be the lives of people in your family, those around you. God's not asking you to step up tomorrow and stand on a stage and be an evangelist to 50 million people. He's asking you to make a difference in somebody's life. You know... Um, you ask anybody uh, in any church, even if they have a great orator of a pastor who they just love and love all his sermons, ask him what the five things that he, that he preached in the last five weeks, and they probably couldn't remember. But you ask that same person, name five people in your life who made an impact on your life. Oh, there was a coach. Oh, there was, you know, there was a, a friend. There was somebody that saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. That's somebody that makes an eternal impact. And you can, be, you can make the, sometimes the most seemingly to you insignificant comment to someone, a word of encouragement, and it can make all the difference. Uh, so as we look to finding freedom in our lives, um, we need to have that understanding that our lives are to serve and impact other people. So like I said, number one is uh, to know God, number two, to find freedom, number three, to discover your purpose, and number four, make a difference. So under the, the subject of knowing God, uh, of course, there's the aspect of knowing God that you need to be born again. And the first step in your freedom. It's always about locating where you're at with God and taking the next step. These four steps are a good, good outline of things to, to do. Um, the first step in knowing God is a very simple step that I think mostly everybody here has taken, and that is very simply to get water baptized. 
If you just got born again, you just got to know God, the first step is to get water baptized. Why? Does water baptism save you? No. But water baptism is like the wedding band. Water baptism is when you go public and you show everybody, I've made this commitment to God. Jesus said, if you, if, um, if, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. That's why water baptism is so important. You want, to see, you want people to see you confess Jesus before men. Uh, just like when you look at somebody, uh, this happens all the time. Well, is he married? Yeah, I saw a ring on his finger. Is she married? Yeah, she had a ring. That was the symbol and the sign of their commitment to Christ. So the first step in knowing God is simply to be water baptized. The other two steps in knowing God have to do with prayer and the Word of God. Prayer is communication with God. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about prayer here for a minute. Um, and let's just look at this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 says very simply, to pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? You pray 24 hours a day, you can't do that. We should be in constant, informal communication with God. To grow in God and to develop our prayer lives, our prayer lives are simply talking to God and worshiping Him. Do you know when you're walking around singing and worshiping God, you're praying? And that's one way of, con you're driving in your car and you're praising and singing, you're praying. And being in that constant communication with God is what will help you grow in your relationship with Him. Same as with your natural relationships. You spend time with people, you get to know them. Um, another point under this, under finding freedom, uh, by the way, when you're asking God for things all the time, that's just one form of prayer. It's important that prayer be also an informal. Like I said, worshiping God, talking to God. You know, one thing you could do if you're just driving down the road and you see something beautiful, tell the Lord, hey, that's beautiful. How'd you make that? You know, just talk to him like you would a friend. The other way you get to know God is through his word. His character, his nature, his desires, his general plan for you is found in his word. Uh, so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, For this cause we thank God. This is chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause, I'm reading from King James. We thank God without ceasing because you received the word of God which you heard of us. You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now, in knowing that this is actually God's word when you're studying his word, the most amazing thing about the Bible and about God's words is that you don't just read it, it reads you. See that part of that verse where it talks about it's effectively working in you, you've received it as the word of God, it will read you. Um, you get to know your friends through two-way conversations, not one-way conversations. And you don't become friends, that's why the informal prayer, praise, worshiping, and talking to God like he's your friend standing beside you is important because he'll answer you and you'll develop a real relationship. This is how you find free, real freedom in life. You develop a relationship with God. And we all can grow in that at 
any point that we're at. In fact, if any, at any point you're stuck, go back to the last point you know you did and start there, pick it up. You know, um, you know so the, it's a two-way conversation. Um, when you first meet somebody, friend, or maybe future spouse or somebody you're dating, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite food? Well, I like this. Well, I like that. It's a two-way conversation of getting to know each other. So what you do is ask God questions out loud. God, show me this. And he'll answer you in his word. So I heard a story one time about a guy. He said, uh, I was trying to, and by the way, the word interprets and explains itself. The guy said, I was trying to figure out what this one scripture meant. I just didn't understand it. And he said, uh, so I'm reading and reading and reading the scripture over, and I did this for over an hour, studying this scripture. I'm studying it. I'm trying to figure out what it means. And finally he said, I'm, not that I heard a voice, but it's like somebody stepped up beside me and said, uh, it was the Lord. What you doing? And he said, now people have a people may think, think this sounds rude, but you have a relationship with somebody, you can talk to them like this. So he said, uh, well, Lord, I'm trying to figure this out with no help from you, I might add. And the Lord said, well, you've been sitting there for over an hour. Why don't you just ask? And, and the Lord uh, basically told him, you know, you never even asked me. You're just sitting there trying to figure it out on your own. Have a relationship with me. Why don't you just ask? He said, okay, Lord, I'm at. And before he could even finish saying the word asking, God answered him and dropped this, the, the understanding of that scripture not just the understanding, but it was another scripture that he knew. Drop the insight into the word that he needed because he asked. Well, why, how did this guy have this experience? Because he had a relationship with the Lord that the Lord was able to, to tell him that. And God answered his word with his word. So, how do we find freedom in God? We know God. We find freedom through our relationships. Um, and through, um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, through letting God, God's word speak to us. Section two. Um, section two. Finding freedom. Finding freedom. We find this freedom through uh, friends. Proverbs 27. Through friends. And relate. one of the most important things in finding freedom is you have to have good friends that you'll grow to, in God with together. Um, you must have godly friends. In Proverbs 27, it says, uh, 27, 19. It says, as in water... Face answers to face, so the heart of man to man. One person said this way, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. God wants us to develop godly friendships. Now, we're supposed to be friends of, of the world and show them kindness. In front, but your constant companions need to be people that um, help you grow in God. This is part of you finding freedom. Uh, so we know God through his word, through prayer, 
through water baptism, we find freedom, by ha first of all, by having godly friends who will help us grow in freedom. Uh, you've heard the term support groups. Uh, one guy, I heard him, a pastor, say this. He said, you know, we have, and he was talking about the importance of uh, being in a small group where you can have right relationships in the body of Christ. And Stephanie and I were talking about this one time. We noticed certain people, we've, we saw people that got, over the years, that got off out of church and got off in life. And why did they get off? Well, they didn't have godly relationships in the church, and they started having friends that took them to the bars, took them to places that gave them different ideas. They got off because of their relationships, because they didn't have relationships in the church. So I had to learn. I used to think that the church was, you're just here to have and you know, you're just here to have uh, spiritual development. And church shouldn't be a place of entertainment and social activity. But actually, God wants you to develop relationships in the church, even if it is around things like that, because he wants you to be around godly people. One pastor I heard said it like this. He said, uh, we have, you know, financial peace Dave Ramsey at our church. And if you come here and go to that course in one of the small groups, I hope you get out of debt. But he said, more importantly, I hope you meet someone there, a godly friend that you can be real with and take the mask off if you never get out of debt. And so he was just talking about the simple idea that the purpose of their small groups was for people to have relationships, the body of Christ. Um, and in, in that same vein, transparency. Transparency is important. Like he said, you need to have friends that you can take the mask off with. Well, you need to do that with God as well. God's your friend. And so um, we have to get real with God and people to find freedom. We have to get honest about our issues, about, you know, if you don't have, who do you have in your life? If you don't have someone in your life that you can answer the question honestly when they say, how are you? Who can you tell, I'm not fine today. I'm not okay. And they'll care, and who can you be real with? Because that's what the kind of relationships... Now, if somebody's on the street, of course, it's normal. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? You don't unload your problems on people that you're acquainted with. But you need real friends that you can be honest with. People, why? Because they'll pray with you. They'll help you to see sometimes solutions that you can't see to problems. That's part of finding freedom. You know, it's important. It's so important to have friends... I remember a friend of mine in my life one time telling me something important. It was a blind spot to me. You need to have friends that can see your blind spots. He told me something I didn't know, I didn't even realize was true about me, and, and I didn't even know it. And then when I fixed that, my little problem fixed. Uh, in any 12-step program, the person starts out by saying, Hi, I'm Joe. I'm a cupcakeaholic. They have to be honest and transparent until you could admit issues to someone. And see, in the Word of Faith movement, we grew up to where it was like it wasn't faith to ever admit you had a problem. God wants you to have friends that you can admit. Admitting you have a problem is your prayer project. It is part of your growth and development. When you don't want to admit you have a problem, God can't help you and people can't help you. In fact, remember over there in, uh, in James, it talks about when, when people are sick, come to the elders of the church that they'd anoint them with oil. See, 
you go to God for forgiveness of sins, right? You can go directly to him. But sometimes when you need healing, you have to go to God's people. And you have to have people you can be honest and real with. So it's important, whether it's your spouse or otherwise, in this area of finding freedom and being transparent, find somebody you can be real with and accountable to. If you're doing something just like learning to read the Word, learning to read the Bible, have a habit of Bible reading, um, have an accountability partner, whether it's your spouse or a friend. Hey, did you read your chapter today? Say so you commit to read one chapter a day. Did you read your, did you read, what was it about? And then you talk about it. And you grow in the Lord by that process. Um, so another step in finding freedom remember, number one, know God number two, find freedom is the Holy Spirit you will not overcome your issues even if you do have friends without the personal power of the Holy Spirit in your life without him helping you and giving you the power to overcome these obstacles you won't do it on your own Remember Peter, uh, he denied Jesus three times, but after he was filled with the Spirit, he stood up in front of thousands of people and preached boldly Jesus, and 3,000 got saved. So the power of the Holy Spirit will give you power to over... What was his issue? He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. He was scared. And see, these are the things that is important to find your freedom. When, when we talk about finding freedom, we're looking at what fears do you... It's real simple. What fears, what hang-ups, what issues are holding you back from going on in God and discovering your purpose? It's really that simple. It's not some deep regression therapy. It's just real simple. You know what issues you have. Get God to help you find freedom with them. You know what you're afraid of that's unreasonable, that you need to deal with that fear. And the first thing to understand about that is real simple. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Take authority. You have authority over that spirit. When you recognize some fears there... I don't care if you do make a decision out of wisdom about something. Don't do it with fear. Don't let fear make the decision. You can make a wise de- For example, uh, you step out in the street, you better believe what you see. You don't have to be afraid of that car, but you better respect it. Same thing's true with a lot of areas in our lives. But, you'll find, but the Holy Spirit will give you the, because it's his authority that deals with that. His power that deals with that. So number one, know God. Number two, find freedom. Number three, you will never, ever find a sense of freedom and, and accomplishment in life until you discover your purpose. Uh, let me read this from Ephesians 2, chapter 10 in, in God's uh, New Living translation. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things He planned for us long ago. Before you were ever born, God put plans and purposes on the inside of you. He made significance for you. He did not make you to just live day to day. Eat, sleep, work. Eat, sleep, work. Eat, sleep, work. You have a greater purpose, and when you discover that, that's where you'll find freedom. God didn't make you to just go through the motions. He gave you talents. He put talents in there. Uh, And those talents are what help 
match with your purpose, you know? Like for me, I'll never be a graphic artist. I don't have that ability. You know, at work, I have an interest in education and training, and I help with a position there that does that. Um, I don't work in package design. You know, if you want a piece of cellophane that looked like a two-year-old scribbled all over it, that's what would happen if they put me in. I'm not an artist. But in training, I can help people learn the steps of things that, that they need to learn in, in the area that I teach them. Uh, so another point under that, remember, know God, find freedom uh, in discovering your purpose is having your place in the body of Christ, in the church. So God put things inside of you that you're good at to serve the body of Christ and to serve other people. Well, taking your place in the body is a part of understanding your purpose and having a purpose to fulfill. Uh, for God made us members of a corporate body. See, like uh, Colossians 2, 19 says, they, just talking about some other people, they have lost their connection with the head. From whom? This is... Jesus is the head. The whole body supported and held together by ligaments, sinews, and grows as God causes it to grow. Uh, joints, the King James says. Um, the joints in the body, you're a member of the body of Christ. You have talents that support that. The joints are your relationships with people. My fingers are joined to my hand, not to my elbow. So guess what? This fingertip is never going to have much fellowship with this elbow. Shouldn't. You're in trouble. If, it, if you find them touching, it's a problem. Um, so, in finding your place in the body of Christ, the gifts, things, and, the thing, and how you were designed and made will fit into the place that God has you in the body. Um, another aspect under that point is just simply growth. Growing spiritually together. Um, so when you begin to grow spiritually with other people in your part of the body, you grow together. Uh, a baby, when it grows, its parts grow together. You don't see a two-year-old with an adult thumb but two-year-old rest of their fingers. Um, and an adult ear, but, and, you know, well, some... <laughs> That's another story. But anyway, um, I've seen some babies with adult ears. But anyway, no, the parts grow together. And part of growth is understanding and loving the process and not just only look at the end. Just know you're growing together uh, with other members of the body. A baby has all the parts that it'll ever need, but that doesn't mean it can do the grown-up things. Uh, so when you do mature and grow, then you can lift, you know, a bodybuilder can lift that weight, that Olympic weight in a contest, lift it way above their head. Well, they could not, even though they had all the same muscles, they couldn't do that when they were two. They had to grow to be able to lift that. Same thing's true spiritually. So it's important to, in applying that is to enjoy the process and, and enjoy where you're at in growth. And if you're in a healthy body, you will enjoy the process as you go. So it's important to be uh, to find freedom that God wants you to have to be part of a body, of a church, of a local group. Um, finally, making a difference. So we want to know God, we want to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Um, 
what does it look like to make a difference for eternity? Remember going back to the uh, the the definition back here that we had for uh, real freedom is that uh, we walk in our full potential and giftings and are making eternal impacts on the lives of those around us. Right? So at that point, when you're making a difference, you're walking in freedom. What what does that look like? The impacts you're making on people are eternal and not temporal. In fact, if you want to cut some things out of your life, look at look at things that are not eternal and go, am I wasting time with this? Um, what does it look like when you're making a difference for eternity? The most important aspect of that is that you're making a difference, you're impacting people's eternity. You're a servant. You're serving other people. What's it look like? You're a servant. You serve people. Um, and that comes in so many very forms. You just have to ask God what, what that looks like for you. But when you're serving somebody outside of yourself, there's a freedom in that. There's a liberty in that. Because God made you for that. He never made you to serve yourself. Um, in New Living, 1 Peter 4, 10, God has given you each a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. Remember we talked about how you were made. God put the things in you that you would need to serve other people, not yourself. In fact, I've heard stories, even uh, people with healing gifts, uh, their healing gift didn't work on themselves. They, you know... They didn't pray for themselves. They had to believe God for themselves and trust his word. But yet they could, I've heard people even pray for other people while they were sick with the same condition and that person got healed and they were still battling the condition. Why? Because the gift they had wasn't for themselves. It was to serve others. And that's what it looks like to be free in God, that you're serving other people and impacting them for eternity. Uh, there, another point on that, there's eternal rewards in heaven. Eternal rewards. Eternal work, that service, for eternal rewards. Um, in Matthew 16, 27, it says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then shall he reward every man according to his works. So you don't, you're not saved by your works, but God wants to reward you for the works. And you know what the biggest, I believe this might personal opinion. I believe the biggest reward you will see in eternity is people. Who's to, and it doesn't mean you personally led them to the Lord, but you had a part somewhere. Who's there in heaven because of your life? That is the biggest reward I believe you will have in heaven. Somebody said, I have a gold plaque on my wall in my mansion. Well, that would be like having an asphalt plaque in your bedroom. I mean, you know, people are like, I'm going to get my gold plaque when I go to heaven. No, you're going to see people in heaven, and that'll be your reward. Especially if they're your loved ones, or your children, or your grandchildren. People that you love, and they're there because your life helped them to get there in some even small way. Eternal rewards for eternal things. And you are living in the real freedom in God when you put things in an eternal perspective and when your life every day is living out the eternal purposes that God put in you, not for your own selfish needs, but to reach other people for eternity. And so, again, one last time, 
How do we find freedom in God? We need to know God. Get to know Him through His Word. Through prayer. Number two, we need to find freedom. We need to deal with your yesterdays and deal with the hang-ups and problems and issues of today that hold you back from finding your purpose. Number three, we need to find our purpose. Discover, you know, there are two great days in your life. Number one, the day you were born. And number two, the day when you figured out why. Discover your purpose and then use that purpose to make a difference. That's freedom. Lord, we thank you today that you give us freedom. And we ask you to help us walk freely in your plans and purposes. If there's anybody out there who doesn't know God, can't take, hasn't taken that first step to know God, uh, let me just invite you right now. You can do it right where you're sitting. You can do it right where you're listening to ask Jesus to come into your life to know God so that he won't have to look at you like those others and say, I never knew you. Go away from me. So just pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I come to you just as I am. I believe God raised you from the dead and that you paid for my sins. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you right now and I ask you to come into my heart. In Jesus' name.